Welcome to the Love Monday podcast. I'm glad you could join me again this week. This week, we're going to talk a little bit about the basics of Loving Monday, just like Friday, but for a different reason. Now, when I started this movement about eight or 10 years ago, what was it, eight or 10? It's nine, nine years ago. (laughs) When I started this movement nine years ago, And I said, that was when I came up with this concept, people should love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason. What my concept was at the most basic level, the most high level, is that you're engaged in what you do. And what do I mean by engaged? That means you're enthusiastic, committed to, and involved in the work of your company. And that's what you want to be doing. And if you are in, now a lot of people will say, well, yeah, I'm committed. I'm involved. I show up every day and yeah, I'm committed because I need to make a living. But are you enthusiastic? If you're not enthusiastic, you're not engaged. And that's why you get the Sunday scaries and you don't want to go to work on Monday or Tuesday, which is if you've been listening, you've heard Tuesday is actually the most hated day of the week. Though Monday is still the most dreaded. Today I'm in Las Vegas. I'm spending the week in Las Vegas, and I am so I'm, I'm recording this remotely. So hopefully the sound comes out okay. But today we're going to talk about that concept of the basic reason someone would love Monday just like Friday, but for a different reason, and that is that you're engaged. And so this concept is employee engagement. I've talked about how I, how I went down the path of, of pursuing what employee engagement is before, but just by way of summary. Just to reset that a little bit, I was told by an employer where I was a manager of people that I was better than usually what they see at engaging people because we'd taken, we'd had an engagement survey recently and they said, well, this is, you're really good at it. Don't know what you're doing, but keep it up. And if they'd asked me what I was doing, I would have been able to tell them because I didn't know. I didn't even really know what employee engagement was, but for some reason I was getting high marks on it. So three months later, they let me go. Yeah, didn't make sense to me either, but you know, your most engaging manager, you'd let him go. Why would you not do that? That makes sense, doesn't it? Anyway, I'm not bitter. It's just kind of ironic. And I when I when I looked at that though, when I got released from that job, when they let me go out the door in the snow, I I started asking myself the very next day, what am I good at? And I, the first thing I could think of was what they told me I was good at, engaging employees. And so I started studying it reading everything I could about it. And what did I find out? Well, I found out the reasons I was good at engaging people because the reasons managers engage people were all the things I seemed to be doing if I was honest with myself. So that's what we're talking about today. So this session, probably not so great for individual contributors, but if you're going to be a manager or you have a manager, and pretty much everybody does, even if you're self-employed, you, your customers are your manager, really. How are you engaging and how are you how are you going to engage your people so again another episode kind of for managers but let's jump into this employee engagement and motivation is what we're talking about today so why do we struggle to be engaged if you have a job why do you struggle to be engaged there are probably some very specific reasons 
why you get the Sunday scaries and you don't want to go on Monday. And Monday hits you long before Monday actually arrives on the calendar. So why do we struggle to be engaged? Think about that for a minute. What, what, makes, what keeps you from being enthusiastic about going to work? When I ask you that, I'll bet something comes to mind. Well, it's my boss, or it's the tasks I have, or it's I'm trying to be good at everything, or I'm too fixated on the things I don't do well, which are some of the mistakes that make people hate Monday. What is it for you? Why do you struggle to be engaged and committed, involved, and enthusiastic in your work? I think in large part, and this is where we're going to the managers, if you're a manager of people or even want to be or dream you will at some point, I think we have a failure to communicate. That's the, that's the, the crux of these engagement problems. Now, there's more you have to do than just communicate, but communication is what's going to get you to the bottom if you're a manager of why your employees aren't engaged. So are you communicating with them? We're going to talk about that today. So I got a question for you. When is the best time to plant a tree? If you need some shade, or you need some fruit, or you need some sap, or some, I guess even wood, when's the best time to plant a tree? I mean, you need it today. When should you have planted that tree? About 25 years ago, right? When you need a tree, the best time to plant it is 25 years ago. So it has time to grow and give you the sap and the fruit and the shade and the wood. That's when you needed to plant the tree. So along those same lines, when's the best time to engage an employee? The best time to engage, engage an employee is probably about two years ago. And we don't always do that. And again, it's the same thing. It's like, well, I need them to be engaged today. Um, so um, what do I do? Go back two years, get a time machine, go back and start engaging them, start being an engaging manager. That's not going to work, is it? So why do you need them to be engaged? Let's start there. So something has come up, some event or some demand has come up that you need to engage your employees. And now it's like somebody comes to you, your boss comes to you, and you're the boss of your team or the manager of your team. And he says, you got to engage your employees right now. And it's too late. You can't do that because you needed to start two years ago. And, and your boss comes to you and says, here's why. Because we're not as productive as we used to be, or we're not as productive as we need to be. So your boss comes to you and she says, we're not as productive as we need to be. We need to get this productive by X date. And X date is like a month from now. Well, what can you do? You're going to build new machines. You're going to get new equipment. You're going to get people bigger, faster, stronger at what they do. Not likely in a month. So what you typically get in an organization of any size is they say, well, we have to be to X number of productivity by this date. So how do we do that? We have a reduction in force or a RIF, R-I-F. Reduction in force is a fancy technical term for a layoff. Now I'm going to tell you that there has never been a layoff that I've ever heard of that is not a lagging indicator of a management failure. And the reason I say that is it always comes to this. We got to hit some number. The recession has hit us and we weren't minding the store all the way along two years ago to get people as productive as they could be by engaging them. So now all of a sudden we're in a critical financial time and we got to make some numbers. And so we have a layoff. That's what I mean. 
if that manager or that management team or that leadership team had been minding the store all the way along and engaging employees all the way along, starting two years ago, when you come to today, you don't have to have a layoff because you already know you're doing as you're maximizing the the labor force on your team. They're, you're getting everything you can out of them. And if you let anybody go because you've been doing such a good job, you're going to have a business failure. So when it comes down to that, it's like, well, we can't have a layoff. If we do, we're closing the doors. That's what I mean. Layoffs are always, 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 always a management failure. The only time that that's not the case is when you're closing down the business and you're not you're laying everybody off. That's the only type of layoff that's and even then, it's probably a management failure. But a regular reduction in force, a regular layoff. And if you disagree with me, if you're a manager and you say, no, we had a layoff and it was not my fault. Well, message me. Get a hold of me. Let's have that conversation because I'm going to prove you wrong. I will do that. Absolutely. Because I've had this debate before with people and they give me those stories about, well, no, I did everything I could do. And then I just had to have this layoff because somebody came to me and said I had to have a layoff. Yes. But what were you doing two years ago to engage your team and make sure that you're running as efficiently as possible so that you didn't have any way to, to be able to handle laying off anybody on your team? This is what I mean. Layoffs are always, always, always a management failure. And again, challenge me. Prove me wrong. I'm, I'd love to have that debate. And if I am wrong, if you have a scenario where I'm wrong, I'd love to know that because I'll, I'll stop saying this. But so far, nobody's proved me wrong. So the best time to engage an employee, two years ago, about two years ago. Maybe you could do it if you started a year ago, but whichever it is, you need to start in the past to engage employees. And if you're in a place right now where you've got no threat of a layoff, start engaging your employees today so that in two years when somebody comes to you and says, we got to have a layoff, you can say, well, no, we can't. Not for my team because my team is efficient. If you let anybody go, we're going to have to let some customers go because we're not going to be able to do business without every member of my team. Now, let's imagine for a minute if you had like a cockpit of a plane. If you're a manager and you have all these things, these metrics you're chasing, these analytics, like metrics, numbers for sales and productivity and profit and employee, employee retention, customer satisfaction, safety, shrink, all these important metrics that you have in any sort of business. And wouldn't it be nice if you had a cockpit with gauges that told you, oh, we're off on productivity. So you know right away. And then you go there and you flip a switch or or you push a button and productivity goes the way it needs to be. Well, we actually do. And what I was just talking about a minute ago is that's one of those levers we pull. So say productivity is down, going back to that same example, we pull a lever and that lever is called having a layoff. And so we make an adjustment to that lever. We lay some people off and that gauge goes in the right direction. All of a sudden productivity goes up and we're happy. But when productivity went up because you pulled the layoff lever, the productivity lever, well, then customer satisfaction went down. And why did it go down? Because you got fewer people doing the same amount of work. And so what suffers? Customers suffer. They don't get as good a service anymore because there aren't as many people to serve them. And so your customer satisfaction, your productivity went up, but your customer satisfaction went down. You know what else went down? Probably your employer retention. So you got people quitting. Not only did you have a layoff, but you probably have a few people quit because they're thinking, oh, this is a company that lays off. I'm going to get out of here before they let me go. So employee retention goes down. 
your sales probably go down. Your profits probably, well, your profits might go up with productivity, but not always. And safety, safety, if you're in a place where safety matters because people are more busy, because you've upped the productivity artificially, they're more busy, they're not paying attention, they get injured. And that can be very costly, not, um, not to mention costly to the employee that they get injured, but also costly to the company for paying for those injuries. So imagine that cockpit, you have these gauges with these buttons and levers and you start pulling one for an individual gauge. Well, when you start pulling one for an individual gauge or an individual metric, it almost all, to fix that one, it almost always makes some other metric go down almost always. And the cool thing is that employee engagement is the one lever. It's the big lever on the dashboard that you can pull and it makes all of those metrics that you're chasing go in the right direction simultaneously. Now it doesn't make it doesn't happen fast, but it happens steadily and perpetually and it will continue to be that way as long as you work on employee engagement. Now you can ignore employee engagement for another two years and then two years from now you're going to have to start pulling some of these artificial levers again or these individual levers that are going to hurt you, but that's what's going to happen. So uh, uh, imagine that cockpit. You have it. You should have some metrics for all these things like sales and productivity and employee retention and customer satisfaction. Don't start pulling levers on any of those individual things. In fact, lock those levers down. Crazy glue them in place because what you want to do is just start working on one. One dial, one metric, one lever is employee engagement. You work on that steadily every day. All these other things are going to go in the right direction. And you are the last manager anybody's going to ask to lay people off in the future. I promise you. Now, there's some statistics that kind of bear this out. And I wish I could show this to you. It's hard to do that on an audio file for a podcast, but I'm going to quote some of them to you. So an organization called Gallup, they're the ones that do the Gallup polls and have a lot of interesting statistics and information. They have measured employee engagement at companies who have top, in their database, companies that have top quartile, they're in the top quartile for employee engagement. And they compare them to the companies in the bottom quartile. And the top quartile companies have 20% higher sales, 22% higher profitability, 21% higher productivity, 65% lower turnover among their employees, 37% lower safety incidents, and 41% fewer patient safety incidents. If you're in healthcare working in hospitals and you're in a hospital that has low employee engagement, you're killing people. People are dying because of low employee engagement. You could have 41% fewer patient safety incidents if you start engaging your employees. So how do we do it? How do we do that? Well, you have to start listening to what your employees are telling you. What are your employees telling you about employee engagement? And how are they saying it? Because they may not be saying, they may not be coming to you and saying, hey, hey boss, I'm not engaged. I'm not enthusiastic about this anymore. So you got to listen to what they're telling you and how they're saying it. And are you hearing it? Those are three questions. How are your employees telling you they're not engaged? How what are they what are they telling you not just that but what are they telling you how are they saying it and are you hearing it because they're going to come to you and they're going to they're going to say things maybe quietly so here here are some indicators and what employees are telling you i'm not engaged because well not because they're not going to give you the reason they're not engaged they're just not engaged so what are they going to do they're going to quietly quit 
So you've heard that con- that concept of quiet quitting, where they just sort of sort of phone it in. They're not they're not, they're not enthusiastic. They're not enthusiastic anymore, and so they just sort of quietly quit, or they loudly quit. They just quit. You witness diminished productivity and output. You see less interaction between employees on your team. They're making more mistakes. They're having more injuries. They're coming in late to work and leaving early. And are you doing anything about that? Are you having a conversation about it? Probably not. If that keeps going on, if you talk to them, it probably wouldn't keep going on. And you'd probably find out why they're not engaged and why they're coming in late and leaving early. You'll have increased absenteeism. And you should have some employee engagement survey results that are telling you specifically why these people are not engaged on your team. And if you're not having employee engagement surveys, you should contact me because I can help your organization get hooked up with a great employee engagement survey. So let me know. Reach out to me at lovemondaylikefriday.com and I can help you get set up on that employee engagement survey that's going to help you tell you, it's going to tell you very specifically how, why your employees are not engaged and which managers are struggling and why those managers are struggling. It's very easy to get to the bottom of employee engagement. Super simple to do. It does not take a lot of consulting, a lot of money, a lot of science, because other people have already done the science on employee engagement. All you need is a good survey to tell you why your people aren't engaged. All right. So those are some of your indicators. So now, how, what can we do about it? How can we engage and motivate employees? First of all, understand, if you're a manager of people, you should be doing people things, and engagement is a people thing. So understand it's your job, and you're the only one who can engage and motivate your employees. You're the only one. Gallup also tells us that 70% of the variance in employee engagement is attributable to your direct supervisor. So It's not the CEO, it's not HR, they have nothing, well, very little to do with employee engagement. Also, look at those lagging indicators I just told you about. Are they quietly quitting? Is the productivity down? Are they making mistakes? Are they having injuries? Then when you see those things, I want you to go get curious. Start asking questions. Start having one-on-ones and conversations about, hey, what's going on? I noticed uh, you're not really... You're not doing as well as you have in the past due to X and Y and Z. Hopefully, you've got metrics to, to point out to them. Then once you get curious and you understand what the problems are, you need to get a clear vision for yourself about how to fix these problems. And then you need to sell that vision to your employees about what you're all going to do and what you're going to do specifically as their manager to take some action and start to engage the employees on your team. All right. So. What are the things you need to look at? Look at. I'm gonna have. I'm gonna put a link to, um, to the 12 elements of employee engagement. This is another Gallup thing. They talk about 12 things, and these are the 12 things you probably ought to be asking about in one form or another on an engagement survey. I'm gonna go through them. I know what's expected of me at work. How strongly does your team agree to these 12 things? I know what's expected of me at work. I have the materials and equipment I need to do my job right. Number three, at work, I have the opportunity to do what I do best every day. Number four, in the last seven days, I've received recognition or praise for doing good work. Number five, my supervisor or someone at work seems to care about me as a person. Number six, there is someone at work who encourages my development. Number seven, at work, my opinions seem to count. Number eight, the mission or purpose of my company makes me feel my job is important. 
Number nine, my associates or fellow employees are committed to doing quality work. Number 10, I have, the, I have a best friend at work. Number 11, in the last six months, someone at work has talked to, be about, to, talked to me about my progress. Number 12, in the last year, I've had opportunities to learn and grow. Those 12 things, how do, would your employees rate those? How strongly would they agree? Would they disagree? Would they strongly disagree? Would they strongly agree? Those 12 things are going to tell you a lot about engagement on your team. All right. So what do we do? How do we do, have those conversations? How do we find that out? Well, you can do it on an employee engagement survey. You can also just start asking curiosity questions in your one-on-ones. And if you're not having one-on-ones as a manager, you're not doing your job. I'm just going to tell you. And if you're not having them at least every other week, you're not doing your job. Weekly is better, but if you can't manage weekly, it needs to be every two weeks at a minimum. Monthly, maybe, but you're still not really doing your job. So use one-on-ones. Do some sort of stop-start-continue type of survey or assessment where you can say, hey, I want to I ask you about this. Um, how, you know, I, I know that, and I'll give you a statistic right now, about 60% of people don't know what's expected of them at work. And so you could say, Hey, I have a a feeling that, you know, statistically nationwide in in the U S people about 50 to 60% of people don't know what's expected of them. I want you to know, I, I want you to tell me what we should stop, start and continue to help you know more about what's expected of you at work. Things like that. You can do stop, start, continue. You can do that with a Google form if you don't have a survey or an assessment tool for that. If you need an assessment tool, I could get you hooked up with something like that as well. So reach out to me. So some suggested best practices before we wrap up this episode for your for growing engagement on your team. Get curious. When you look and see some of these indicators, like they're, they're not enthusiastic, they're quietly quitting. They're loudly quitting. Whatever. Get curious. What's going on? Go ask them questions. Look at the data that you've got, the metrics that you've got that are telling you whether they're on target or off target. And then get curious. Ask them questions. Look at all those indicators. And then take action. Take some decisive action to help drive employee engagement. That is our episode for today. That's all I've got for you. And if you want to know more about these concepts, Go to lovemondaylikefriday.com. That is my website, lovemondaylikefriday.com. There are a lot of free resources out there, but there are some better paid resources, but that's going to cost you $9 for a basic membership. That gets you access to all of my paid my paid items and my paid content. I've got lots of video lessons out there with great exercises to help you as a manager, as an individual contributor, to love Monday just like Friday but for a different reason. And also subscribe to the podcast, please. And go out and rate it if you would not mind. Wherever you pick up your podcast, wherever you're hearing this now, please give me a rating and have a great week. Enjoy Monday, Tuesday, and all the days. And I'll talk to you soon. Thank you.